0: So my name is Leslie Kane. I am the host of the Why Not Today podcast. This podcast is to celebrate people who have been courageous and said, why not today? I started this podcast to honor my father, Patrick Kane, who often said, why not today? I'm based in Reston, Virginia, a planned community right outside of Washington, D.C. Thanks for joining us today. So I'm excited to have my guest today, Sarah White, and she is the first repeat guest on. We interviewed her in the beginning and her story has completely changed. And we had coffee the other day and she's just sharing about some things going on in her life. And I'm like, oh, that's a podcast episode. And it's funny. I talked to somebody else yesterday that was on a podcast before, and she's got some twists and turns in her life. It's like, oh, that's another podcast episode. So I'm super excited to have Sarah here, who is, we met, um, virtually pretty much the only virtual, uh, networking event i went to and it was one of those divine i had to know sarah like she popped up in my facebook feed that morning and jumped on a facebook or a virtual zoom and she was there and then a day or two later my sister's like you need to meet sarah white i'm like okay i need to know this sarah white person so i feel like even though it was a while before we physically got to see each other um i feel like i'm blessed to have you as a good friend and business partner in the world out there and just part of my tribe. So Sarah, why don't you introduce yourself and share a fun fact about you. I know you were on before, so share another fun fact maybe, and then let's talk about your courage. All right, so Sarah
1: White, like Leslie said, and uh, I run five restaurants, getting ready to open my fifth restaurant, and the first one that I will technically own coming up in the summer. I'm very excited I did about not that. Know that's that a, That's a fun fact, right? Like, that is I'm a, gonna is own- it is a part of the the same brand or? No, actually it's going to be Westover Taco in Westover Arlington. And we're super excited to get it off the ground. It'll be the first of its type. And that along with running those five restaurants and, and like you said, running for office before having done a, a few things around here. I'm in 25 groups, including the Virginia Restaurant, Lodging and Travel Association, and seven different, about to be eight different chambers. I just love meeting people, with, and you use the word tribe, which is a big deal to me, and and surrounding myself with all of the right people, and how are you going to meet them if you don't get out there? They don't they don't knock
0: on your door. I don't know. It just doesn't happen, so. Yeah, I always say I'm, like, waiting for somebody to knock on my door, and I live in a secure building. It's like, you got to get out there, which is so true, and- Just like we met, I mean, you can meet people virtually or through social media. You never know who that person that you're supposed to meet. So what's a fun fact about Sarah White?
1: OK, so aside from opening the restaurants, which, uh, you know, this is going to be our fifth restaurant and the first one that I own, which I think is very exciting. I think a fun fact, let's just say about my restaurant, is that we're looking to do something a different, a little, little different. I'm friends with uh, some folks at the Asian American Hotel Association, and they are teaching me how to make chicken tikka from one of their five-star chefs
0: who is going to make my recipe perfect so that we can put in tacos. Oh, fun. All right. So when, um, we need to plan a date. And I think we had this on the calendar at one point, but something happened. And we didn't make it happen. Have you been to Mama Tigre's yet? I have not. I'm still waiting. Okay. I've got to do that. The so last week in February, let's schedule something. It right. is Mexican Indian fusion. That's awesome. Yeah. some So fun. So the other cool kind of connecting fact that I think endeared me to you when I first met you is your email is something OBX and you went to the o- Outer Banks on vacation and just stayed and I'm so connected to Outer Banks and lived didn't personally officially live there but was there so much everybody thought I lived there and knew everything that was going on so definitely lived there for
1: something. seven years lots of friends still go back to say hello miss it a lot
0: but love Northern Virginia yeah, well, I was actually talking to friends last night about a trip to Outer Banks uh, in a couple of weeks because awesome. it's a long time. So, all right. So what does courage mean to you? Has the definition changed? Do you still have the same one? Share what courage means to you. I have to say it, and you already know this, but uh, for everybody listening, I went
1: through some health challenges and I've had them my whole life. But this past year, I actually had to have a surgery where they removed uh, about 30% of my pancreas. And I knew going into it that it wasn't a sure bet. I had been told for months that they wanted to wait till I was stronger, wanted to wait till I was healthier and it just wasn't happening. And we knew we had to walk in anyway and do the surgery. And so courage was getting up that day and walking in anyway and saying, let's just get this done because it can't, it can't hinder my life any longer. I have places and people and things to do, but like, I got to go. This is not working for me to live in a hospital. I was in the hospital for most of 15 months and just, walking in anyway and high-fiving my
0: surgeon and saying, let's do this. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and you came back on the other side. So let's talk about the courageous things in your tribe and how you've just gotten so connected. So you haven't been in Northern Virginia that long compared to my world in Northern Virginia. How long have you been in Northern Virginia? So it's coming up on seven years. Yeah, Seven years. Okay. So, you know, you and I met, we talked about through networking, became friends. And I remember it was probably November of... 2021, you I so. reached out on Facebook, and you built a great tribe on Facebook. And you reached out on Facebook and said, "I'm in the hospital," and you just were, you were sad, you were lonely, you needed connection. And I remember seeing that post. And although I know knew you, I didn't know you that well. And I was, it was not an convenient time for my world, but I'm like, you know what? She's reaching out. When people reach out, you need to react to that. So I I remember meeting with you, and we walked up and down the hall and not to focus on your pain to distract you You're like talk to me and we just start talking and honestly you were one of the people that inc- really encouraged me to go forward with this podcast from that conversation of you in the hospital but well, it was such a fun conversation to have and it, it was a distraction and
1: and you are part of my tribe I think from day one we knew that was just going to yeah. be a thing.
0: Have and that feeling. So- yeah,
1: so you're showing up for me when I needed somebody, when I needed someone most. And and I got to say, I was fortunate to have a lot of friends who came out of the woodwork that I didn't even, like, I didn't realize that they considered me close enough to show up for something like that. Because, you know, that's that's kind of a personal thing. And and you right. don't know who's going to walk through the door. And the number of people that I didn't know that they considered me that close of a friend to do that for me was, I, I mean, there were days over in tears in my eyes. I was just like so overwhelmed with the amount of love that was shown for someone that they barely knew. And, you know, of course my close friends were all there as well, but walking up and down the hall and having those conversations and being able to be there for you and talk it through and say, you know, right. well, you're asking other people, why not today? Why are you questioning it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: this, is, yeah. this
1: is the point. We've got to get this done and, and get to do that for other friends and talk about whatever it was in their life, because I didn't want to talk about me. I didn't want to talk about what was going on. I needed any distraction and just getting to be there for other people while they were helping me through that was amazing.
0: Yeah. And you, you were very smart about that, like reaching out, ask, and I admire that you asked for help. So many people don't ask for help. So you've been here in seven years of which almost half of those seven years have been, we were in lockdown for part of it. And so you really built friendships, tribe, community through social media and virtual methods. um, I found something in my life that I think a lot of people overlook is that, um,
1: and, and it's all started from, you know, loan a book to a friend or to somebody who isn't your friend because then they'll think you're friends, right? And Thomas Jefferson, I don't know. I can't remember that. whose that was. It was a founding father. And, I and I, I've taken that and I've grown on it and said, you know, tell somebody something you're not sure you want them to know because mm. showing that little bit of vulnerability Often makes other people go, wait a minute, if they trust me with this, like we're friends, like that's, that's my person and I can trust them with things. And so you find that it opens this door and this connection between souls of like, we're, we're each other's person now, you know, you know, something about me and I'm trusting you with it. And, and, you know, maybe it's not the biggest secret in the world, but something that I wouldn't have told, you know, somebody at the grocery store while we're picking out meat for this week's dinner. So it it, it is something personal and it it is something that you might not have wanted to share or or didn't think that you were going to share at that moment. And for whatever reason, I feel like I always know the right right thing in the right time when you're having that conversation with somebody to say, you know, this is this is what they need to hear from me
0: to know that I consider them my person and I want them to consider me the same way. That's awesome. And I think it's a gut thing. It's an instinct. Mm -hmm. It's saying, why not today? Like, I'm not 100% comfortable with saying this, but I'm just going to do it. And, you know, I was talking to coaching a friend yesterday about something, a hard conversation. I'm like, just envision the after, how good you're going to feel. And I think that is where this podcast has evolved. I can't believe it's been almost a year, but it's we're talking about subjects that people can relate to. And make, make us normal and real. And people are saying, that's me. Like I can relate to that. Somebody, I shared this podcast with somebody the other day, and this is, I'm going to share this quote. She says, why not today is such an inspiring message. And I love how each person shares their own personal experiences of choosing that for themselves. It gives your listeners permission and courage to do that for themselves. Isn't that powerful? Like, and that's, I think that's what we're doing. And so what you did and what you um, showed and witnessed and let people, op- you opened up your world to them and you showed that you needed help. And I think we're too afraid sometimes to ask for help. And yours were simple help I remember one day and I was out of town, so I couldn't help you, but you like, I need Rita's frozen ice or whatever that stuff's called. Yeah.
1: And I, I showed up at the it, hospital. and The hospital was out of Italian ice and I was on clear liquid. Was- <laughs> I was yeah. wanting it so badly. And I have to say that, the first day that I asked three different people showed up throughout the day. So like breakfast, lunch, dinner, three different people brought me. Italian ice. Awesome. So, If I hadn't asked, I wouldn't have received, right? Like you have yeah. to throw it out there, what you need. And my options really when I was put in the hospital for, you know, and at the beginning I didn't know it was going to be 15 months, but I knew I was going to be missing for just a little while. And my options were to let the entire world know that something is wrong and I could use some support and, and here's what's going on with me, or let everybody think I just disappeared, that I flaked, that I was gone, right. and I I couldn't live with that, I knew at the end of the day, I couldn't live with all of the great people, and the great connections I had met, just thinking I was gone, that I, I was right. not not part of their group anymore, didn't want to be friends, or wasn't going to hang out, and then they you create know, yeah. their own stories about you, right, I wanted to make sure that everybody knew exactly where I was, and and that I would be back, that I was not I was not far away. And if you want to come to me in the meantime, let's do it. If you want to talk on Zoom, let's do it. But know that at some point this
0: will end and I'll be right back to who I was. Right. And you are, and I admire you for that. So, you know, you reached out for help. And my mom is a helper and loves to do things for people, but she doesn't want people to do things for her. And I always share with her, like people like to help and we wanna be useful. We don't know what that looks like sometimes. And so you requesting what what it looked like. I remember one time you just said, call me. I, I need to talk to people, I'm bored. Like you were still in the midst of setting up networking things. Um, You took care of yourself. I remember one day I got a phone call from you and like, I need some new Mary Kay colors. I need some lipsticks and some eye colors. I need to feel better about me. And all those things are just so important that we forget. So when you don't ask for help, you block the blessing of somebody else that wants to help. And that's how I felt about it
1: is how would I feel if any one of these people that are doing this for me, I knew that they they needed something and they just didn't tell me. You know, I would feel left out of their life, I would feel like I, right. I wasn't a part of it. And so I wanted people to know that they are a part of my life. And, you know, one day it was I need conditioner, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I was just at a conditioner, and and my husband was working and uh, one of my friends called me immediately he starts texting me He's like, I'm at Walmart, what kind do you use? <laughs> and yeah. it was just, it's the little things that I was able to just say, Hey, I, I'm going to throw this out there and, and not ask somebody specifically, cause you know, I don't know who's busy today and I don't want anybody right. to feel that, that kind of obligation to me, but I'll bet if I throw it out there, there's somebody that will jump up and say, Hey, I've
0: got 20 minutes. Let me go get that for you. And I love that you used pretty much, pretty much use social media to do this. Which, oh yeah. Facebook. Absolutely. You know, Social media is something it's like, that I have, it's like, I don't want to be distracted by it, but I know I need to use it and use it as a tool, which you did to meet people, to network, to build relationships. It's social media because you want to be social. It's commenting, it's engaging, it's getting to know people, it's learning about their lives. And, you know, we're so focused on making everything perfect. Um, I feel like the right people see it at the right time too. Like, you know, if I put it on Facebook,
1: I could be pretty sure that somebody that was busy at work probably wasn't on their Facebook. They weren't feeling uh, torn or obligated to get to me because it was somebody who was scrolling Facebook.
0: Yeah. And somebody that, you know, it was a perfect timing, just like when I came to see you and you helped me tremendously when I was helping you. And in that, how it all works that you give and you get and. And that's really what networking is. So, and I love that you're just open to meet everybody. And I look at our mutual friends when we first even met. Now I look at, I'm like, okay, how are you connected with that person, that person? And you're just twisting and wrapping into my life and all the worlds. And I mean, I've been this world a long time in the North Virginia area, and you are just totally, that was one of the things that impressed me is you just connected. So talk about your jacket or your t-shirt. I love this. I know you thing.
1: love my t-shirt. I uh,
0: had it made up by
1: a company. And I, it, it just says on the back, it's got a golden retriever. I'm the golden retriever of people. I'm excited to meet everybody every time I walk into your room. It's how many people can I meet? And so it, we put a golden retriever on the back and it just says, Have I met you yet? And on the front, it has my name in big letters. So, one, I don't have those sticky name tags that fall off at every event that you go to because my name's already right there. But two, it lets people know that I, I'm here to meet you. That's literally what I showed up today for. I might tell you about a business or I might tell you about a calendar that I'm running or whatever. But at the end of the day, I just want to meet as many people as I can. And I think that people have really responded to that. Like you did and are just like, Oh my goodness. I love that. I've got to know who that is.
0: Yeah. And you know, for me, I love collecting friends. I love to meet new people. I met somebody con- f- connected on Facebook the other day and we have a hundred and some mutual friends. I don't know how I never knew her. We crossed a million different circles and we had coffee and we were talking about some ideas. I'm like, well, I'm going away this weekend. Do you want to come to the lake? afterwards I'm like, okay, is that creepy? Like I just <laughs> found that connection with her and like, I want to be your friend. And that's what I love about networking. And, and it's not just networking at the grocery store, at a restaurant, you know, getting to know people. And I think people, you know, I came by networking very, um, organically through my father. I didn't really realize what he had taught me, uh, many lessons on just connecting with people. And when you're out, um, just getting to know people, cause you never know, like you know, you own, you work at restaurant, run restaurants, owning a restaurant, but that's not your single focus lane. You know, my source of income has been Mary Kay for years, but there's so many other parts of Leslie and of Sarah, and we have vast resources. Like if somebody's looking for something, you know, 99% of the time you or I can connect them to the person that needs to have that done. Yes. Well, and
1: here's a funny story that I've not told you before is that when I was in North Carolina, it's very, very common for you to be shopping for cereal and somebody goes, Oh, Hey, I have a coupon for that. Here you go. Or you're looking for bacon. And they're like, Oh, don't use that brand. Use this brand. And like, yeah. you cannot leave the grocery store without three people talking to you. You can't like, it's impossible. And so when I first moved to Northern Virginia and people don't do that here, like, you know, yeah. it happens a little, but it's, it's not common. And like the, the second time I went to the grocery store, I called my mom and I was just in tears and she's like, what's wrong. And I was like, nobody speaks to me. Like, I don't know what is wrong, but you say hi to people in the grocery store, they just don't even respond. And I just didn't understand that that's Mm -hmm. not common everywhere. That's not,
0: you know, that's not the way that it is. It isn't everywhere, but it is also the person, how focused some people are and how people live in their little bubble. Um, I walk around my lake all the time and say good morning, hello to people. I met someone one day and she's like, I'm like, oh, I've met you before. She didn't remember. And finally, she's like, oh, you're the person that always smiles and says hello. I'm like, okay, that's a good thing to be known for, but that's kind of scary that other people aren't known for that.
1: Well, that's, I used to walk to work every day. I lived at uh, two blocks from one of my restaurants when I first started there. And I would walk every day. And so every day I would say hi, good morning, whatever to whoever's going by, you know, maybe pet a dog here and there. And And at first they were looking at me like she's a crazy
0: person. I know and And they look at you and they look down and they don't want to acknowledge that you're But
1: it was funny by the time I left. It wasn't the same way they would say hi to me first, or they would, you know, let the dog run over to me because they knew that's what was coming. And it was just such a change. And you can be that change. If you, you know, that's the kind of neighborhood I want to live in me and all of my friends in my neighborhood. Now we have a chat thread that blows up all day because we talk to each other every day. And it's like, be that
0: person that you want to meet because that like attracts like. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that attracted me to you is just making friends and meeting, connecting with people. And, you know, I spend a lot of time down at Smith Mountain Lake and I've got tons of friends and connections here because I meet people and I'm deliberate about it. Um, And I did grow up in North Virginia, but I think I've acquired skills that can do meet the people and connect. And, you know, a funny, another connection story to Outer Banks is that when I was there in college, spring break, um, we were, me and my friends were at the grocery store buying, beer or something for spring break and ran into these guys that they were shopping at the grocery store and they asked us what taco shells weren't wouldn't crack and so that was 30 some years ago and I can't tell you how many connections I have from that conversation and one of the original guys that was there and are still great friends and My life, I wouldn't be where I'm sitting right now if it wasn't for that conversation at the grocery store at the Outer Banks 30 some years ago. You never
1: know where it's going. You just never know. know. And And here's my other thing. I I finally, you know, I'm I'm in my forties and I'm watching my nieces who are now teenagers, uh, one's preteen and one, you know, is getting ready to be 16. And I just keep thinking, what if we instilled in our daughters that not fear of people, like I wasn't raised with that. I learned that all on my own. I learned that I'm very socially anxious to walk into a room. So if I know half the room, I don't have to be afraid. So what if we taught that to the next generation of like, it's okay to meet new people. You know, we were all raised with don't talk to strangers and that's great advice up to a certain age, but at a certain point, even strangers are all with our friends. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and how are they ever not going to be strangers? If you never speak to anybody, so it's just getting right. that that confidence level up and, and showing them that you know there's a time and a place that there are certain strangers you know you don't talk to. Don't walk up a dark alley in the middle of the night and say hello. But you know maybe
0: when you're walking down the sidewalk in the middle of the day it's great to say hello to everybody you pass. Right. And make those new friends and and you never know too, when somebody's just having a really crappy day and they need a friend. Oh yeah, for sure. There's just so many smile things that make a difference you get
1: that call and you didn't see it coming and it's a friend out of nowhere and you didn't realize how much you needed to hear
0: their voice until exactly you just never know so and we need to be those friends and I think you and I both do a good job with that so anything else on the courage world do you want to share do you want to share what your next step is in your political world are you ready to talk about that or sure I platform um, for that I'm
1: bouncing out of the uh, two-party system. I've had enough of it's either this way or it's that way because I just don't see the world in black and white. And I I don't understand how we have come this far in, in these two institutions that just see things and either you're on our team or you're on somebody else's team, period. So I've decided to run independent this year to show that there's another way. And, you know, if you give me a platform from a group, I'm going to agree with half of it. I'm going to disagree with half of it. I'm never going to be a party line or any other line follower. I've just, I don't belong in a box. I dislike boxes.
0: And you are not a box girl.
1: I am not. So I enjoy being able to speak my mind and be the person that, that I am and be true to myself. Uh, My the thing we've all been kicking around this year is putting the PO in politics. Like, you know, we're, we're pissed off at being told we have to be one thing or another. And right. I really want that to shine through this year is that you don't have to be in a box. There's nothing telling you, you know, this, this isn't Dallas versus the commanders. It isn't, this is your life. These are things that affect your family, your friends, the people that, you know, your neighbors, and, and we need to take it more seriously than to just cheer for a team. And so I am going to be district 13's team. That is it. Like all I care about is our, you know, does my family, eat? does your family eat? Does my neighbor's family eat? Do my employees' families eat? That is what matters at the end of the day. You can tell I'm a restaurant person. It focuses a lot around table issues. You know, what are you talking about at your table? Because guess what? That's probably what we're talking about at our table too. And how can we fix it? And another thing I think that politicians don't do enough, and I, I know that's a dirty word, I don't even like being considered that word, to be honest, right. but, um, you know, if you don't take into account what everybody else is going through and hear their two cents of how they see the solution working out, you know, you can't be an effective leader because guess what? I don't know everything. Don't, I, I mean, don't be afraid to share that. You're willing I to, to learn
0: the all-knowing Sarah right. White. But you're learning, willing to learn and ask those questions, which I love. Well, that's well I will be cheering you on. I wish I could vote for you, but I will be supporting and cheering you <laughs> on whatever I can. And I love that you talked about, you know, everybody needs to be eating in around the table. And I, I went through the leadership Fairfax program a couple of years ago, and our project was around food insecurity. And people don't realize in North Virginia, that's an issue and Reston is an issue. And so I'm happy to support and help you. And the other thing too, you mentioned is being around the table. And one of the things with Mary Kay, we always say, you know, we meet people around their kitchen table and you get to know people and what a great way to get to know somebody around food and it all kind of ties in. So we could talk forever and ever. And I know you got to bounce to something else, but before we leave, I want you to share what would, um, what would you say to someone to encourage them to say, why not today? So
1: I I I think this is a resounding theme in yours and mine's life and every conversation we've ever had. And it always comes back to, if you're thinking of that one thing that you want to do and you know, you know, you want to make these steps and, you know, you need to make these steps for yourself and for your mental health and your sanity. Thinking through it, like, how are you going to feel tomorrow if you didn't do it? How are you going to feel next month when you still didn't do it? And do you want to be, you know, I know what it's like to be laying there on a deathbed at this point. Like, you know, we didn't know if I was going to survive in November and I know what it's like to lay there and think I should have done just one more thing. Don't let yourself Mm -hmm. get caught up in that because how are you going to feel when you did do it? How are you going to feel when you did it and it was successful? What are you going to learn if you do it and it's not successful to make it
0: better for the next time? What you gonna, what lesson you're gonna pick up? And exactly. I often share that. Like when you have something you need to do and you don't feel like it, like just do it. You're gonna feel so much better. And when you put your head on the pillow at the end of the day, how are you gonna feel when you did it or you didn't? If you didn't do it, you're gonna be thinking about it all day long. You did it, you're gonna feel amazing. And you can check it off your list and feel better about you. And if it's not perfect, that's okay. It's all good. So nobody, uh, nobody on their deathbed thinks about all of
1: the things that they did, that piece of dessert that they had, that they really should have, they needed it that day. You know, that's not the things you're thinking about. You're thinking about the things you didn't do that you wish you had gotten to. So let's, let's eliminate those. Let's get rid of as many of those as we can so that when you're laying there, you can think about nothing more than that dessert you had and you deserved it. Exactly. Eat dessert first. I always say that. Eat dessert first because ice Mm -hmm. cream does not travel well in a doggy
0: bag. No, not at all. Well, you know, the other question I always, or the thing I always finished the podcast was this connection to my dad. And I know we talked about, you were the first person I interviewed, like, I've never met your dad. What's the connection? Um, but I always tried via conversations and it's still true. Like just the way you network and meet people. My dad was very much like, there was never a stranger. Even when he navigated the healthcare system when he was sick, he knew everything about, like the nurse would walk into the doctor. He knew where they were from, everything about them. And got to know them, their care, you know, his caretaker. He wasn't like, I read this the other day too. It wasn't focused on his health and the crappy situation he was in and not feeling well and being stuck in a hospital. He was like trying to help other people and being creative and trying to connect them and doing things. And that's what you lived through. And, Absolutely. And you know, it's I the so same relationship
1: you. to wherever you're at. And we do happen to have nurses in common is that, you know, my nurses and getting to know them, they became my family for a little while. They right. were, who was there with me day in and day out. And they were the first ones to say, by the way, you haven't been able to drink for years and you're going to be able to have a drink when you're done with this. So
0: uh, yeah, <laughs> we're all taking you to happy hour. Like this yeah, is happening. So, so- I think making that relationship. That's fun. And another kind of fun story of my dad talking about the hospital that pulls it all together with um, being in a hospital and politics is when he was in the hospital, he had had several strokes and he had left neglect. So he couldn't see from one side and he was missing an eye and his arm didn't work. So one time the nurses brought breakfast in and we know the healthcare system, they are short staffed and they brought breakfast and he couldn't, navigate his plate. He needed help from the nurse and he couldn't find his call button and so it just happened to be a political season and a politician called on a cell phone which he had and asked for him to support this politician and he goes tell you what i will support you if you call the nurse's station on <laughs> whatever floor of rest hospital and you send a nurse down here which they did and they did and he wrote an op-ed in the paper about it so it's for exactly you know, what you need it sounds like he didn't hesitate to either so you guys are very much alike in that. Well, I'm so excited to have you as my first repeat guest. So thank you for sharing um, and being on here today and lots of great nuggets. And so if you like this podcast, listen to it on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're on Google. Um, we have the website now, which is why not um, Share it with a friend, review it, like it. Um, let me know what you think. And if you know other people that want to be correct, have done things courageous, I'm looking for other people to interview. So thank you again, Sarah. And let's put on the calendar a date to go to lunch and soon because you're done with being in the hospital. That's right. I'll see you soon. Yes. Well, thanks again. Thank you. Let's bounce to our next things. Bye. Bye. Thanks everybody for listening.